0: Hi guys, and welcome to Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and today's shout-out goes to Elisabeth Cauchois. Yes, she's my wife, but she was the first one to find out our guest today, Karen McKeeman. Now, if you've been watching Cirque shows, or working for Cirque, or in the circus for a while, you've heard of Karen. As a trapezist myself, I always looked up to her. She's a fantastic trapeze and overall artist. She's done so much in her career. Solo, duo, group acts, big top arena, resident shows. She did everything. She has so much passion and experience to share. So here she is, the wonderful Karen McKeeman. Hi, Karen, and welcome to Tapie Rouge.
1: Mm -hmm. Hello, Guillaume. It's nice to chat with you.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. How's the Vegas life?
1: Oh, Vegas is, you know, Vegas is great. We're coming back after pandemic. So it's really nice to see a lot of us back on stage.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I I believe the congratulations are in order because I believe you just got uh, promoted uh, as an artist coach on Ka on top of your strap artist position?
1: Yes, thank you. Yes, I do a duet straps and a cradle position and a character in the show. And um, just started, yeah, just started taking care of the Forest Act, which is sort of a group aerial number.
0: Nice. And how is that new position?
1: Oh, it's great. I love being involved um, with the process and... The team is great. I think we have 21 artists that filter through the act. So it's a big one. And there's four or five different apparatuses. So there's a lot going on, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful part of the show.
0: Yeah. And uh, actually, how, how did you start with Cirque? How did you get involved the first time with Cirque du Soleil?
1: Yeah, well, I did an audition. Um, I auditioned in 2008, in 2009, sorry, summer of 2009 and the O theater, uh, with my static trapeze act. And then nine months later, they called me to O.
0: Nice. Amazing. So you actually started on O.
1: I started on O. I was temporary, um, filling in for someone, but it was, it was, uh, my jaw was on the floor, let's say, to start <laughs> in that show.
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. It's like the number one selling show of du Soleil, right?
1: Yeah, they're doing so well. Yeah.
0: And how was it to be working on O? Because I believe you were still living in L.A. at that time, right?
1: Yes, it was a busy moment. Um, I was working... In LA uh full time. So I rearranged a couple of things and they circ would fly me out every weekend to do two to four shows and then fly me right back. So Friday mornings was an 8 a.m. flight, and then I would perform two shows that night in Vegas. So yeah, it was busy, but (laughs) you know, like (laughs) yeah, it was 8 a.m. flight land. You know, ten o'clock. Get to Vegas. On stage rehearsal. Get in the water, and then make up two shows. So, uh yeah, it was busy, but I was living my dream. So there's like some adrenaline that comes in when you need it. I think.
0: Yeah, for sure, it must be super exciting to have that emergency of like getting a plane, getting in the theater, and show mode right away.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't recommend flying on the same day that you perform, but <laughs> it can be done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and for how long did you do that for?
1: Uh, about five months. Yeah.
0: Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a,
1: a beautiful, I mean, always one of my favorite shows. So it was just a beautiful, like I just remembered, I'll never forget the first time because you're sitting on the trapeze in the back and you have to climb this rope to get up there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you sit there and the you watch the synchronized swimmers open the show from behind. And it's just like the first time they break the water, it's just such a poetic moment. And I was like, I have the best seats in the house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. And for many people, always the best Sig de Soleil show. Would you agree with them?
1: Oh, I mean, it's so hard to compare because they're such different, they all deliver such different messages. But um, I think one of the things that O does best is there's a real, like you can't tell the difference between the music and the movement. Like the music is so seamless with the imagery of the show that you sometimes you don't know if the movement is following the music or the music is following the movement and it doesn't matter because it just, it just takes you in. So I love, I love that show.
0: Yeah. And how was it to work with the, the water element? Because I've heard from many artists that it's really a different experience to be working with water on stage.
1: Yeah, it's different. I mean, um, Everyone has to learn. Most people have to do scuba training. And so that was the most challenging part of my act was not the trapeze. It was um, at the end of the act, I would drop into the water um, and then have to exit through the pool. So you imagine the moment that you want oxygen the most is at the end of your act. Yes and you are underwater and instead of breathing in you actually have to breathe out first
0: oh to my clear God. the crazy. water from
1: the regulator yeah and people at all have been doing it for so long they're so used to it um but for me it was a just a learning curve because if you breathe in you just take the water so
2: yeah i had a couple of oh,
1: trials by <laughs> fire but then i figured it out <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. And so, yeah, because you drop in the water and you have uh, staff underwater in scuba diving gear that are waiting for you underwater. And that would give you oxygen and lead you from underwater so the audience doesn't see you exiting. That's right.
1: Yes, exactly. So there's a really good scuba team over there and they they come to you and they place the regulator in your hand so when you dive in you you know your eyes are closed and you're holding your breath you put your hand out then you feel someone grab your hand and they place the regulator in your hand then you are it's your job to put the regulator in your mouth and clear the water so it's probably a few seconds before they get to you but it feels the first time it felt like a couple minutes but it's oh, not
0: yeah for <laughs> sure it must be crazy when after your act when you're super tired and you like dive with closed eyes and you're like all of a sudden you're in darkness underwater and you just have to hand out the yeah. oxygen when you're like oh, let's go let's go
1: oh yeah like come on i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's
0: crazy
1: it's fun oh. um you know because we're all athletes but doing different shows we face these physical challenges we've never had to, to deal with. Obviously synchronized swimmers have been training their lungs their whole life. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, that was a challenge that I hadn't anticipated.
0: Yeah. Were you more concerned about that aspect than your act when you first started performing?
1: Oh yes. I, the trapeze part was the best. I mean, that's my element. Like that's my life, you know? got the bar and the ropes i don't even really need my eyes like we're good um yeah the water was the hardest part
0: (laughs) you know it it reminds me of what of totem because it was the same in totem for the finally dance because the duo trapeze part was nice you know we trained for so long with my partner we we couldn't wait to be doing the shows but then at the end we had that good big group dance and I was like first line we were it was like the first three dancers in the front and I was one of the three first dancers so and when I was in circus school I was such a bad dancer so I was (laughs) so stressed out like I couldn't look you know I was used to like be the last one behind and be able to follow people in the front but then I had to be like in front of the audience and doing the dance without copying on anyone I remember being so nervous just about the dance but
2: Oh, for
1: sure, <laughs> I remember this moment of the show. Yeah, so much joy.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> so much joy. And I was always used to say i I dance with all my heart because my body is not so. that's not, so, not so good.
1: <laughs> that's a good way to put it.
0: <laughs> and uh, for you being in the water every day, do your body respond differently? with recovering and like the tiredness and the repetition and everything?
1: Yeah, I think I got used to it. Um, yeah, I think I got used to it. You're definitely, you know, cold backstage and there's just mm. a lot more showering happening, you know. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it affected a little bit like my my skin because I was doing um, a single foot hang. And so my ankle, my ankle, um, was affected a little bit. The callus started
2: Mm, cracking with
1: some things that weren't so fun, but, um, that's probably partially the water, but it was also just Vegas being dry. Mm.
0: The perfect, the perfect combo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so you did this for five months and what did you do after that?
1: Yeah. And then uh, pretty much directly after that, I was chosen for a Cirque Mechanics creation, Mm -hmm. So, which was also in Vegas. So I started working for Cirque Mechanics with Aloysia Gavre and Chris Lashua, and we did a show creation for a few months, and then we went on a theater tour of the U.S.
0: Nice. And how was that different from working for Cirque?
1: Oh, so different. I mean, I probably was in six acts. And yeah, you know, I did a little trampoline. I did pole. I did acrobatic dancing, some partner work, a chandelier act, a trapeze act. And I played a main character. So it was great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Do you like it more like that to do, to be super busy during the show, doing different, many different acts? Or do you like to focus just on... One moment.
1: Well, I think there's value in both. It, at that time, it was a really great experience to do a lot of things. I even played harmonica for a minute. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um I really loved it. I loved being in so much of the show and doing so many things. I don't know if I mentioned pole. We had a very creative pole apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like the rigging was human powered. So my winch was human powered and the poles mm-hmm. were sway poles, human powered. So it was a super creative show, very challenging. Um, so I think it was a good, it was a good transition to do, mm-hmm. to start doing all those things.
0: Okay. Yeah. And when did you start with Varakai?
1: Um, I started with Varakai a few years later. Um I had always applied to that Trapeze, the Triple Trapeze Act, um, and uh never got chosen. And then um I happened to be training in Montreal on my own. Um, on my own, and I got a message. Actually, it was the day before. I was flying to Montreal the next day, and I got a message from casting. Are you still interested in Veracai Triple Trapeze? And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and they said, "How soon can you be in Montreal?" <laughs> I said, "Well, tomorrow morning." <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: crazy, crazy timing.
1: <laughs> it was really crazy. I was going for different reasons, but I came in and they were doing a formation and the flyer wasn't able to get there because of visa issues and they needed someone cause it's a group act. You can't train without everyone. It's uneven. Yeah. So I just came into headquarters the next day and signed a training contract. And that's where I met the beautiful Liz Williams at the yes, time.
0: My wife. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Beginning of a brand new, amazing chapter.
0: And so you did the general formation for the act and you get the contract at the end and started touring. Yeah. That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, It was amazing. I wasn't originally paired with Liz. Um, I was had a different Porter and we trained, we trained both sides. We did, you know, everything in a formation you would do. We trained slippery surface act. We mm-hmm. trained the King's act. We did character work. We did dance. And, um, yeah, at the end of it, Liz and I were paired together, sent to Brazil, and here we go. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so how was it to actually get on tour versus your crazy LA-Vegas schedule on O?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, being on tour is amazing. It, South America was just brilliant. The big top, Circusly, big top is like nothing else. You know, we, we'd stay four to five weeks in each city and um, Brazil was such a welcoming country and this, the Brazilian staff were so welcoming and um, we were very well received there too. So, yeah, it was, a you know, yeah, a new life to be there <laughs> and just such a family, you know. Everyone eats together. Everyone travels together. We're all staying in the same hotels or at the pool together. And yeah, it was an amazing, amazing time.
0: And artistically to be transitioning from the solo trapeze to a group trapeze act, how was that transition?
1: Yeah, well, it was a choice, you know, to give up my solo, um, But I loved the triple trapeze act. And, um, so I took my solo trapeze and I put it sideways in my suitcase (laughs) and I brought it, (laughs) um, I didn't really touch it though, until I was fully integrated and Mm. everything was fine, you know, with the group act and I just kept it to train on the side, um, so but i really wanted that experience and i loved it's you know the triple trapeze is all female act and really poetic and um yeah
0: it was beautiful
1: yeah so it was it was worth it Hmm.
0: and how was it to tour south america
1: oh it was amazing i mean i started learning portuguese from my dear friend bruna so that Taxi drives were a little easier, and, um, <laughs> yes, you know, or maybe a little cheaper, actually
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, I love Brazil. I love like the tropical fruit that you could get and the culture, and um yeah, we I mean, we had our share of adventures, like sometimes it wasn't really the place to wear expensive jewelry, you know, on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. But uh we we learned we learned quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you did only Brazil?
1: Um I ended up doing Brazil I did Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Colombia and Peru.
0: Okay. Amazing.
1: And yeah, and I really I was on a temporary contract, so um, when we had a break, I would never go home because I thought I'm going home in two months or I'm going yeah. home in three months. It happened to be a year and a half, but since I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. So I kept making the most of my time. And so yes. I really saw like, you know, Machu Picchu. I went to the Amazon. I went down to um, Ushuaia, like southern tip of Uh, Argentina, Torres del Paine, like I just did everything because, you you know, I didn't know when it was going to (laughs) end.
0: Yeah. You just lived it to the fullest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. amazing.
0: Do you like to be on your own when it's not showtime? Like when, how do you, you say you traveled a lot and did all this discovery, but do you prefer to do this? Yeah. By yourself, or do you like to do go on adventures with friends?
1: Oh, I love adventures with friends. We did a really great trip to Machu Picchu, and um, sometimes though I did some really good solo travel because, like I was saying, a lot of the people on tour with me had been on tour for a long time, so they were going home on the breaks, and mm-hmm. um, or they had families and they wanted to stay in one city for a week. Um, so I did end up doing a lot of solo travel, but um, I'm kind of a traveler at heart. So it's not, it's, um, I love it. I,
2: <laughs> so
1: yeah, I did a lot, a lot of solo travel during that time.
0: At the end of the tour was the show transitioning from Big Top to Arena.
1: Yeah, so I left a little before that. There were a couple, I kind of missed the last big top cities and then the first arena city. Um, okay. Yeah, I missed a couple of a little bit of that time. But um, from what I hear, it was a challenge. Some of the just, I mean, touring is always a challenge, like, um, and transition is always a challenge. So, I actually joined, I missed one city of Verena, um, which was Montreal. And then I started, they called me back. Yeah. Long story short, they replaced the triple trapeze act with the solo trapeze act. Okay. And uh, when I got that phone call, (laughs) you know, I left, I just left Veracai, and I was going back to other things, other shows. and. um, I got the phone call. We're going to Arena, and we need you back. And okay, what were you going to have me do? Because I thought, you know, maybe uh-huh. they need someone doing cues. and yeah, because I knew Triple Trapeze was not in the show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they said, This is Fabrice Lemire, the a d. and he said, We want your solo.
0: That's crazy. That's amazing.
1: So I had to sit down and pinch myself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was amazing because I had been training my solo acts like on tour and I had presented it at the end of my time on Big Top just Mm
2: -hmm.
1: as a presentation. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, sure. So
1: I had worked with the wind shops and just an amazing supportive team to finish that act and just present it. I didn't, I just mm-hmm. really wanted to do it on that beautiful stage one time. Yeah. So they had seen it. So when it came time for Arena, um, yeah, they just, they called me and Fabrice had created sort of a character that went with the story of Barakai. Um And so it's very integrated into the show and yeah, I rocked up and was in the show in three days and (laughs) crazy yeah
0: and so how was it to tour in arena versus big top did you travel with as many suitcases
1: uh i got it down to one suitcase i think (laughs) we we (laughs) were allowed to but when you when you do a whole leg so like 12 weeks maybe 10 weeks And you open your suitcase and you realize you've worn the same thing pretty much every day. And you don't need half your suitcase. Then you quickly realize you'd rather just carry one.
0: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how many suitcases did you have touring Big Top? Do you remember?
1: Um, Big Top, I think you were allowed... I think i had to on big top when you're far away and you have less access to go home you you bring more things because you have to pack for four seasons and everything yeah. um i think we were allowed four actually for each which mm-hmm. makes sense for families because they might have a suitcase of
0: toys or I have one of my friends he was traveling with eight suitcases <laughs> so every every transfer you know every luggage day I was seeing him like for one hour he was bringing the suitcase <laughs> down loading the truck and then when we were arriving to a new city it was always like "Ah, luggage day again I need to like go to the truck and bring all my eight suitcases <laughs> to the room that's So, for sure, going from that to one suitcase in Arena must be feeling super freeing.
1: Oh, so liberating. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) I was also, when we were on Big Top, because I was, you know, I'm from the US. So, a lot of people would actually make special orders for me to buy things in the US. Yeah. So, every time I went home, I was bringing like bags of Prada gear or, um, Sometimes
0: candies.
1: Oh yeah, the candies and then iPods, iPhones. (laughs) Um even money sometimes, you know, just whatever it was. So (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's so funny.
0: Our partner in this episode is Circus Talk, the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts. Circus Talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community. It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events, and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code Tapirouge in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro, and use the code rouge to find your spotlight with our partner, CircusTalk. Looking to save time writing online content? Phosphor AI is an online service that will save you hours of work with your content creation. Simply type in your title, and the Phosphor AI software will get to work writing a high quality and original article for you. Now, you still need to review the article and take 15 to 20 minutes to make sure your article fits perfectly your vision before publishing, but you'll save considerable amount of time. You'll get three free articles just for signing up, so you can try out and see how it works for you. Pricing is also very reasonable for the quality of content that you'll get and the time you'll save. Why spending so much time writing content yourself? When you can get Phosphor AI to do it for you. So try out Phosphor AI at phosphorai.com and see how much time you can save. Alright guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes and obviously it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, Hey, What did you do for your back? And I thought I could put it all out in a clear and clean way instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics, and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios, and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. So you did solo trapeze on O, then your four girls on Verica, and then back to solo.
1: Yeah, and this time solo on Verica Arena was single point. So at O, it's a static trapeze, but it goes on a carousel, mm-hmm. so it rotates. Yes. But it's still a static act, which is. Uh, ironic because when I was learning static trapeze, there's really not that many positions. I mean, that's the only place in Cirque du Soleil really with a solo static trapeze act.
0: Yeah, right. So,
1: quickly I changed to do single point and it created a lot more options for me and like physically, but also in terms of options for places to work. So, um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Single Point became my thing and uh, I loved using the winch. I loved the options and yeah, and Barakai was magical. I got to be on stage every day with the singer, Isabel Mm. D'Anseo who just has this magical, angelic voice.
0: And did it feel different to be in the same show, but doing something different? Yeah. Like were you did you have the same track, same cues and everything, or it was a completely same show but different perspective?
1: Uh I had the same song. So they adapted the song to my my solo act. Um, but for a minute it took time to take out the habits of what I had mm. done for a year and a half in the group acts to reframe it to my solo. But um That song is is really beautiful, and
0: yeah, for
1: sure. Maybe it's a good moment to pay tribute to Len, who is the composer of Veracai, and she
0: yeah, absolutely
1: the the sister of Isa, who I was on stage with every day, and uh, she just recently passed away. And it's really, yeah, it's it's really comforting to know that. Her music was felt by so many people all over the whole world. And her music really told the story of Varakai. Like mm-hmm. so I feel very honored to have been able to perform to her artistry.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. The soundtrack of Varakai was absolutely stunning,
1: for mm-hmm. sure so beautiful and and one of the harder soundtracks to play from what i understand from my friends in the band oh okay yeah That's in a good way you know it, that it's it's complex and has a lot of variation in the styles of music
0: mm. now you're on ka and you're yeah. doing duo right
1: yes i'm doing a, a straps duet and uh there's an aerial cradle sequence and I play the twin sister main character um, that I share with another girl. So.
0: Okay, that's crazy. You did solo for back to solo and now duo. It's like you're doing all the definition possible <laughs> for an act.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of just what happened. I'm very lucky to be at Ka, and um, it's another just wild and beautiful. Creation.
0: Yeah, how is it to perform on that show? Because tell me if I'm wrong, but it's the biggest production of Cirque du Soleil, right? The biggest show, in terms of size.
1: Yeah, we. I mean, my first cue, I get in the elevator and I go to the ninth floor. So we are. We have two, and I think, as you know, like the concept of car was to have. First of all, it was to feel like you're watching a movie or like Mm -hmm. you're really in, in a movie. So there's very, like, it's very picturesque, like image-based, like scenes, Mm -hmm. scenes of movie. And then also the concept was to have a a stage that had no stage. So like when you walk into the theater, there is no stage. There's just this gap. And then there's, you know, just fog coming up. So it's just like an abyss.
0: That's amazing.
2: uh yeah.
0: <laughs> it's Robert Lepage, the director, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. he's a genius.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of engineers and creatives that went into creating that that theater. It's quite wild. It does mean some things take longer for us, like an integration will take longer because. Um, there's an added layer of safety. Like you can't just run on stage. You know, yeah. we have to stay six feet from the edges or we have to have harness checks and we're very high and we do a lot of things that we just have to watch out for. Um, so our rehearsal time takes longer and that's um, something that we all accept because it's that's just the nature of our show.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, being... On such a big show, on such a big stage, um, artist seems much further away. So how does it impact your performance as an artist? Like, How do you perceive your performance there versus being in a big top where you're much closer to the people?
1: Yes, it's true. And I mean, it's interesting because in Arena, sometimes we would do a show for the same audience as we would at Coff but sometimes we would do a show in an arena for 7000 people so crazy arena an arena is the least intimate
2: mm, can yeah. be the
1: least intimate because of the spaces we don't have control over the ceiling height or mm. the shape you know we're in someone else's house so yeah. arena is like a whole new ball game to make that show really fit in every space but um for ka Yeah, there is a different, there's a different uh, experience there. What I think, what I like to think about is um, sometimes you could have 10 people on stage, like 10 bodies, and that would fill a space. But sometimes something that you would do between two people is more meaningful and fills the space more than what maybe even 50 people would do on stage. So I try to think about that a lot in my duet with Pierre-Luc, because Mm -hmm. we, we do fill the space. Our flights are very high, Um, but we can't be 50 people. We're two people in a big theater. So what I really try to focus on in our act is the connection between us, because if you can, evoke even to the back row. If you can have the back row feel a real connection between two people, that might touch them more than seeing 50 people fill a space, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I try to think a lot about that.
0: <laughs> so you're not trying to play bigger to reach the people in the back. You're trying actually to be... A- as more genuine and authentic so that it resonates with everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's movements like my extension and where I face like on those things. Like when I look up, I try to project to the back. Um, But there's also the front couple rows and that's a lot more like facial expression. Um, Mm. And if I would overdo that, for the back rows, the front rows wouldn't get this sort of intimate experience. So I, hmm. I really try to keep my character appropriate for the front couple rows. And <laughs> yeah. the, um, quite often we get a lot of verbal comments, actually, like people, I think they feel we can't hear them.
0: <laughs> like hecklers or,
1: um, well, no, no, it's more like they're really into the love story. So we have the first couple rows, like we we're like on top of them. Like we our stage mm-hmm. is right over them. And I think it's just natural for people to feel like they're not part of the show because they're not in the lights. But yeah. there's no sound barrier, you know? And so <laughs> we get the best, we get some really good comments. You know, it's like because we kind of build up a flirtation to. You know, I'm I'm like basically growing into myself as a young woman and I'm um, rescued by the firefly, who's the man mm-hmm. of the forest. And so it's a flirtation. She's a little feisty. And then by the end, we come together. So people sometimes like, yeah, you get it. You go. Or like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so funny.
1: Or sometimes we had get a room.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny
1: we've had like all the comments and some people it's just like stream of consciousness. Like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. Oh my God. Up there. No way. You know? So it's, yeah, it's fun for us because it feels a little bit more interactive.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean that, that exchange, I think when, when you have that ping pong with the audience, like they are very vocal or like you can really feel that they are, that you can like take this and go with the flow. Yeah. I remember with Sarah, it would be really, sometimes the people would laugh more at the beginning. And so we would try to like surf that wave, you know, we were trying to like then play less seductive, less flirtatious and a little bit more playful. So then you were like, oh, they're in that mood tonight. So we're trying to like be a little bit more playful. And then it it was really awesome when we were getting that to like orientate the act like change life
2: of the direction.
0: It was super
1: fun. Well, and you guys are so you've had so much experience together that you're comfortable enough that you can alter the mood and keep the act the same.
0: Yeah, for sure. You said so the audience is super close to you, but how many people are in the car theater? How many people can you fit?
1: Uh I think we can sit around 1950.
0: Okay so it's smaller audience than big top which is like 2500 something like that right yeah and arena you can go there, there is no limits on the depending on the yes.
2: arena
1: yeah no limits no limits yeah arena just different story i mean thinking about the sound technicians you know they had to rebalance the sound every week and that's quite something but yeah we yeah, arena, you, you never you never really know.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: The, the one where we did 7,000 was in the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And we did a three-show day, 7,000 each show.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and we were in Spain during their New Year holiday. And it just, they love, they love Barakai. They love the circus. And it was just, they get a week off or something. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so
0: you play for twenty one thousand people in one day. Yeah, that's nuts when you think about it.
1: <laughs> it was pretty nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did we did arena for one city in Sochi in Russia, but it did. I remember, especially on the trapeze, that when you are when it's your stage, the tent, it feels like you're in that that bubble and then all of a sudden when you're in this huge arena the bubble seems like a thousand percent bigger so your whole like space awareness feels like it's like there is more air around you like it's hard to describe
1: yeah yeah for sure like the big top is it's just always kind of enclosing you in you always have the same sight lines
0: yeah and uh, you said for the your first year on Ka, you have to go on to the ninth floor. So like, how does that backstage work? It seems to be pretty big, <laughs> the backstage of kai It's
1: pretty big. And there are certain, because again, the back of the theater, like there are times where you, the whole back of the theater is exposed. Like you see all the way to the back because Ka has this very sort of industrial feel to it. So they chose to have the entire back of the theater exposed sometimes. So there are moments where if you're on the wrong side of the stage, you can't cross.
0: Mm. Um, so if you're late for a cue, you're screwed, basically. That's what you're saying.
1: Oh, oh yes. There's like, <laughs> there's a lot going on. And there's also a, we have an elevator, but some, and there's, a, <laughs> there's a pattern. I mean, there's like a schedule for the elevator. Um, you can't take it at the wrong time because people have really quick cues. And so sometimes...
0: Yeah. And they can't take the stairs because it's nine floors.
1: <laughs> well, we I had to. We all have had those moments, elevator breaks down and you you hope, the only thing is you hope you haven't put your harness on yet because <laughs> nine flights with the harness, uh, not yeah. ideal. <laughs> But I think most of us have all had to do it. Every once in a while you see somebody out of breath and you're like, ah, they had to take the elevator or take the stairs.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. Did you ever get, got lost backstage?
1: I mean, not lost, but (laughs) it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. You, (sighs) you have to really pay attention um okay, it
0: seems so far like you that the distances between places where you have to be during the show seems so far
1: yeah and it's more it's more than that because we have a lot of harness work so you have to get your harness checked before you go on stage so you have to meet the rigor and there's a lot of costumes that actually have to be zipped up after the harness is on. so mm. like it's very complicated there's a, and sometimes you have to zip yourself up in the dark and I've got four zippers under my dress that are upside down (laughs) and it's just, there's a lot, it's a complicated show. So it's a special and special, special environment. And it's funny because you always know, like, so the end of the show, the whole cast gets on the stage and lowers down into the basement. That's, we, we Mm -hmm. say goodbye and we go down to the lower basement. So then what do we have to do? We all have to climb two flights of stairs at the end of every show. So every show. So the best part is it. So it's the whole cast running up the stairs at the end of the show. And you always know when there's a new technician because they're trying to go down when we're coming up. It's
0: Uh, so (laughs) funny because
1: they just haven't learned yet. Like this is the stampede moment. If you're going to go through that part of the theater not right now, but it usually only takes one time and then they learn.
0: <laughs> but your, your integration, when you first arrive at the theater, it must be crazy. It looks like you must have so much to learn, like all these safety protocols, the uh, elevator schedule, like all this technical stuff on top of learning your act, your tracks, your makeup and everything.
1: Yeah, there's for sure, there's for sure a lot to learn. There's for sure a lot to learn. And um, it's a really good environment, though. Like there's, there's a real team spirit at Ka And the, like the technicians are really open with the artists. And we have a great green room so we can all hang out together. And there's a real, and the wardrobe's amazing. And there's a real good vibe. So I think there has to be for that kind of show because like, you know, even wardrobe, like it's, it sounds probably wouldn't happen on other shows, but if you have like the wrong, like the other day, my, there's two of us, I said, play this role. And she had my costume on. If you put the wrong costume, the dress, the dress that zips on will get stuck. Mm -hmm. And if your zipper gets stuck and you have to do a quick change, you like actually can't go on stage because you can't get the costume off of you. Oh, my god! So there's it seems maybe not as important, but like everybody everybody on the show plays a very important role, yeah, no matter sure. what your job is
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it happens one time where we were in Columbus, Ohio, that so many people in the show were injured. And yeah, I remember the a d came to the dressing room and say, "Oh,, uh, can you do?" This extra cue, yeah. And ten minutes later, oh, he's injured. Can you take that extra cue? And thirty minutes later, oh, I'm so sorry, he's sick. Can you also do that? And then a fourth time, like I'm so sorry. And then when he came the first time, I I was literally in every like in the first part of the show, I was in every act, so I had a quick change between every act, and so I just told him, I said, look, I'm going to do it, but I need I need a wardrobe lady backstage like in all time like in between every moment and i need to be able to put layers of costume on top of layers of costume because i won't be able to to change and so i remember that he, he agreed to let me exit some scenes a little bit earlier and i remember that exactly what you're saying like i was getting off the stage removing and he was like someone like back zipping boom hat that and go like right away and then the scene and then again and way, so, if, Yeah. If the quick changes, if, if they're not tight, like it's like a, a snowball effect.
1: Yeah, for sure. And sometimes you don't realize like, uh, how quickly you do things until like I was training someone new to do my role. And I realized like she's done straps before, but she hasn't learned how to zip a zipper upside down mm. underneath her dress to a place that she can't see. And she's never done before. Like we don't train those things. So, um, these are yeah it's uh there's a lot we have to (laughs) practice
0: (laughs) and so what now you're uh, in car and you're happy with your job in car your new position
1: yeah i really love the show and i love the challenge of uh what we're doing i love telling the story uh it's really rewarding um Yeah. And I love being artist coach. It's been great to. It's only been a few weeks to be honest. So I still have lots to learn and, um, but it's really nice to be a part of the whole team, you know, the, Mm -hmm. on the administrative side and just to try and make things run as smoothly as possible.
0: Okay. So I have one last question for you. Um, if tomorrow aliens would land on earth, how would you explain of du Soleil to them?
1: <laughs> um, I would say you might feel really at home there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> aliens. Well, I would probably invite them to join the show if we could, you know, I would love to perform with some aliens. I imagine they could fly.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's
2: true.
1: true. Maybe they could join our act. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, thank
0: you so much for coming to chat with me today.
1: Oh, it's such an honor. And, you know, the time passes so quickly. I feel we could have shared so many stories, but there's so much to talk about, huh?
0: For sure. So um, I wish you a big melt for the shows today. Merci. All right. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
0: What a great career, right? must be so fulfilling to get to use so much of your potential in so many ways. I guess we can always try, right? Try something new and see. There's so much we can be in one lifetime. If you like this episode, please give it a good rating and review. Share the podcast on your socials, with your friends, your family. Spread the word. It really helps Tap Your growing. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. All right, friends. That's it for today. Take it easy. meld. if you have a show tonight. And until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road.